Reading is to the mind, what exercise is to the body by Joseph Atasek. Welcome to season two, episode 19 of our podcast series, the podcast that inspires and educates through the sharing of real life experiences. With me today is Risha Torishia, a 14 year old Indian author spreading positivity through writing. Hello, Risha, and welcome to podcast with Sheila. Hi, Sheila. It's so great to be here. Thank you so much for having me. It is a pleasure to have you. So before we kick off, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where do you come from? How life has been growing up and all that? All right, so hi everyone. I'm a teen author, blogger, and literature advocate from India. And I was born and brought up here. And honestly, uh, life for me so far has been amazing. My parents and my family have been really supportive of my writing career. And yeah, life has been quite, I've, I've been privileged enough to be born in a well-to-do family. And I've received great education and have been surrounded by great family and friends. So yeah, that's, and my childhood was actually spent with my nose in a novel so i practically spent my entire childhood reading so that's all about me great it's great to know so as a young author what inspires you to write what made you choose this path of writing so as i said before i've always loved reading ever since i was a kid and whenever i used to read i, I had this sounding question in my mind as to if this author can write why can't i and as I grew older, I tried searching the answer for this question in numerous ways. And then I eventually found out that you can write too. So that's how I initially started writing. And I started off by writing plays, which were then done in our school. And then I went on to write my first novel at 11. So just both words and the love that I have for literature inspires me to keep on writing. Okay, so you wrote your first book at 11. And um, what exactly do you write about? So I basically, what I realized when I was working on my first novel, Tales of Twinkling Tweens, that often tweens, which is basically the age bracket between 9 to 12, often is neglected when it comes to mainstream literature. I mean, there are books for kids, and then there are books for teens and young adults. So there are very few books in the market that are targeted towards the tweens age So I want to, uh, and being a tween myself at the time, I wanted to write something that was relatable. And I just wanted to bring out the emotions and like, you know, the first time experiences of a tween on paper. And also, I also wanted to create a handbook for tweens through the years, because those years are like really tough and confusing because we go through so much changes in our life and often many kids that misguided. So I wanted to provide a handbook for them to guide them through the years. Great. Would you say that um, the stories you wrote about in your twins book is twins, isn't it? T-W-E-E-N. In that yes. book, um, did some part of it reflect your life? Did you write about your life in that book? Did you? It, it did. I basically took experiences from my own life and my own school life and Converted some, I 
put it first hand on paper, but some have fictionalized a bit to as in to not, you know, put my entire heart out onto it. So I believe my own life experiences have actually been really helpful in my writing because I write from experience. Like when I was writing my seventh novel, Truth as well. There are many instances that I've noted in the novel, which are actually from my life and things that have either happened to me or to my friends. So I do take inspiration from my own life. That's great. That's great. How many books have you written so far? I've written two so far and I'm currently working on two more. Great. Does anybody guide you through your writing or everything is 100% you? Teen authors don't really have those mentors that, you know, that, that guide you through the publishing process, how yeah. it works, how to market your book. Yeah. So that is something that I've learned by trial and error. So sometimes I've actually succeeded and actually found ways and then others I failed miserably. So it's, I learn every day on how, like, it's a process. I keep learning, but my family has been really, really supportive with me. And they've actually, you know, kind of guided through the process, like my parents, overlooked all the publishing process when I was too young to handle all that. So I haven't actually received mentorship of any kind, but I've all but I've also received like immense support from my parents. That's that's good. That's good. So I read from your story summary that um you are on your third novel, is it now? But you said you're on your third and your fourth. So you are writing two novels yeah. now. Would yeah. you like to share with us? A synopsis. No, first share with us a synopsis of your first two. Okay, so you give us a title and then a synopsis of the first two. Then, if you'd like to share with us your recent two okay. you're working on, yeah. Yeah. So my first novel is called Tales of Twins and Tweens, and as I said before, it's basically a tweens handbook through those years. So it covers the various aspects of a tween life, like friendships, school, bullying, changes, and I've written experiences that I've had in providing tips on how to like what thoughts its friendships and how to deal with bullies and how to go through the changes that we go through in those years. Mm -hmm. So it's all about that. And I've also added like poems and exercises to make it more interactive and fun. Great. And coming to my second novel, Rose, it's basically the story of five friends who initially start off as strangers and each one of them has a problem in their life, like health problems or like uh, society problems, expectation problems, friendship problems. Okay. And then they meet, they become friends, and then through those powers of friendship, they help overcome the challenges in life. Wow. So, and about my third novel, which I'm currently working on, I can't really share much about it, That's but funny. it's basically high school centric, and it's about like the typical Indian high school drama kind of thing. Great. So how long does it take you to write a book? Well, it differs because I completed my first novel in, in about eight to nine months, like the writing part of it was all over. But like truth, because it, it was a fiction novel, so I had to outline the plot, make sure that all the stories are being covered. So it took me a while longer. So it took me about an year to complete the writing part of it. And currently, my third novel has actually been taking me a lot more time because now with as I grow older, my academic responsibilities also weigh in. 
So I've actually been working on it since February and I'm still like not even halfway through. So my third step me has a lot more time. Great. You know, as you were talking earlier, you said um, you've had to learn how to write and all of that on your own. What are some of the materials you learned? I'm asking you because um, maybe somebody will be listening to us with a team and is also interested in writing and needs to be guided in some ways. So at least some of the few tips you share today, they'll be able to know which direction to go, you know, to be able to do what they want to do. Yeah. So I think the biggest help that I've received is through moots or online courses which is through the power of internet and social media that actually, you know, widen that avenue through which you can learn. So I keep doing sources on Edith, Sorcerer and other platforms. And then I also read articles on Pinterest uh, that they have. And I also read books side by side. So through these online sources and through like various online articles and books that I have actually guided my writing journey great so there are other things you do aside writing but before we go there let me ask you how do because i know you are in school aren't you so how do you combine your education and your writing alongside other things you do how do you you know juggle everything together with your time well frankly very tough because as i grew older those academic responsibilities start piling up and i have to devote more of my time to studying so but right on the quarantine and the lockdown phases has actually been like a boon to me because I've received a ton of time that I didn't have before to devote to my writing. But like on school days, I try to fit in and like just squeeze in wherever I find time. So if we have a free lesson, so I try to finish some writing there or I, or I try to complete my homework during those times. So I have time when I return home. But like when school is on, I primarily do my writing in holidays and on the weekends. So sometimes that's really stressed out. So, yeah. Wow. What you're doing is so commendable. And I think that the youth watching you should be really proud of you. Now you get, you tend to, it isn't just the youth. I think all of us, before guilty to everybody picks the phone at the slightest time we get, you know, well, you got some ebooks and everything on the phone. But I think that most of the time the teens spend their time playing games, doing other things that they shouldn't be doing. But in your case, you're writing books, so you are putting your time into good use. And I think that if this message gets out there for, for everybody to get hold of it and know that instead of going that way of just always picking your, your tablet, your phone, playing some game or doing something you're not supposed to be spending time on Instagram, on social media, instead of using your time productively, that will really, really, really help. And I'm proud of you for the things you are doing at this age. How does it feel when you reflect and sit down and look at your age and the things you are doing at this age? How does it feel? How do your friends see you? Like you get it. How does you, is it feel when you're amongst your friends? What do they say? Well, 50-50, like some of my friends have been really, really supportive and they like make me feel really good. But then on the other side, there are people who out of jealousy or out of some other reason try to like, you know, pull me down and like mock me. So as I, when, I, uh, when my first book came out, when I was, I guess, in grade seven. So I was 
what by people my age and they made fun of me and they tried to pull me down yeah. so it's kind of like a mixed experience with mixed experiences and yeah. it's my age yeah that's so bad that's so bad for a girl your age to be doing something productive something good something that needs to be you know um to motivate people, something that needs to motivate people and others because they cannot do it, will sit on the side and will try to pull you down. That's a bad attitude. I think that everybody should be able to push this um, project up. It's a good thing you are doing and you should be supported at every level, at every chance you should be supported. But it looks like you're doing a lot of things. And I'd like us to talk about all your achievements and where you are now with the things you have done. Let's talk about this before we get there. I believe that when you started, it wasn't an easy journey because this is what I want to get out there because somebody will be watching you and then they'll hear about your successes and they'll think that you just started and you got there. So when they start and they are not getting there, then they begin to lose heart or they try to give up, but they are not supposed to because when you started, we didn't know you, but when you're making it now, that is when we are getting to know you. So it means that you had gone through your challenges from the beginning, which we didn't see. So you have to tell us so that they know that you are here because you have actually gone through the work and you've done all the work before you are here. So if they want to be like you, then they should be prepared to do the work as well. You get it. So share the experiences, how difficult it has been, but you kept going because you were seeing the dream. So you didn't want to give up, even though it was difficult. Let them know that it may not be easy, but if they keep going, they'll get there. You get it, yeah. Well, frankly, the journey has been really, really tough and very challenging at times. And throughout my four to five years of writing, I've actually found myself at points when I actually considered giving up writing because it's not really tough. Because some challenges that I faced or like the major challenge I faced was basically the lack of acceptance and recognition that I've got. Because I thought that I read a book and that it would be like successful and people will love it, they'll read it, but like it didn't happen. And then people weren't really accepting about the fact and they didn't really give me opportunities to share my work. Or if they did uh, give me opportunities, they asked for hefty sums of money for those. So it was like the lack of recognition and then the lack of acceptance that I got. And I actually struggled with finding opportunities with platform, the people who are actually interested in the story of, of a teen author in the 20th century. So that's why I'm so grateful to you for giving me this opportunity right now to share my story. So it's been really tough regarding that. Then other times I faced like bad reviews or harsh comments by people that you're writing isn't good and it's weak, the plot is confusing and all. That adding to that is like the bullying, sort of bullying I faced by my, by kids my own age. So it was like, that part of it was tough because I wasn't that in the results I hoped I would. Then people on the other hand were trying to pull me down. So at times I did feel like that, what am I doing? Like, I'm working so hard. I work literally three hours a day, solely on my books, and it's still not selling. It's still not that in the response I hoped it would. So I consider that maybe I'm doing something wrong. 
so at times i felt really demotivated and sad that but then yet then my parents encouraged me further and my mom actually said that you write for yourself and you don't write for the world so you just have to keep writing and if you're focused and if you're determined you you can actually achieve everything you want so that's wow. how the journey yeah. has been wow that's a great message if you are determined and focused you achieve everything you want that is a great one let's go on straight to talk about the three things you're doing now so let's talk about your blog and that's um, it's called straight from my pen that is what it's called so yeah. what is it about i know it will definitely have to do with writing in that sense but tell us a bit about your blog so straight from my pen is actually a blog on instagram that I run when it initially started off as a social activism blog but then when the pandemic hit i realized that there's a ton of negative journalism out there and people's mental health was that in deteriorated with the pandemic so i didn't want to add to that negativity around me so i converted it into a positivity blog where now i share in inspirational stories of people my age or the youth and i also run a series called what went right this week so i share the good news of the positive things that went all across the world in that week then adding to that i also encourage the youth to read through the blog because i believe that today's generations are actually drifting away from literature and from books so what my blog i actually just want to spread love and positivity out there because social media is such a powerful tool today and mostly we see people you know trying to show off and like you know try to pull people down and i don't want that i want uh, instagram or any other social media to be a safe place for people to actually feel good about themselves not bad rather so risha tell me who would like to be your friend because for me when i was growing up if you weren't smart i didn't want to be with you you get it somebody may call it being opportunistic or but you have to be smart for me to be with you because i know that i want to be better so i have to move with people who are better than me so if some people are looking at you and trying to pull you down i don't get it for them people like that don't go anywhere in life you get it because they are actually not going anywhere themselves they don't have any dream they are not doing anything that somebody will look at them and be happy for them so they would like be negative about everything you are doing people like that i cannot be with them you get it i like to be with people like you people who are doing something people who are impacting the world making a change in their community around them trying to be you know not to be recognized but trying to do something productive with your lives and there's one thing that i always say that we are all in this world but what are you doing for the world that when you are no more in the world somebody's going to remember you for and trust me people will remember you for your writing for the reading for all the campaigns and everything the literature advocacy everything you are doing somebody will remember you for but those who are trying to pull you down what will people remember them for even if anybody remembers them for bullying is bullying a good thing to be remembered for Will somebody call your name and say, oh, you don't, do you remember that bully? That is not a good thing, you get it? And I know that a lot of children are going through this and are facing bullying of some sort in their life at a point, even not just children, 
grown-ups in the working environments are being bullied. And I think it's, the, it's a no-no for me. And it's a wrong thing to do. For me, you can, I've said it before, you cannot bully me and go because I am so strong-willed before you even start, I have stopped you before you start, you get it. But what if the person is not like me to be able to stop that bully before you know it grows? But I think it's, it's a wrong thing. If you happen to be watching this video and you are a bully, you have to stop it. The best thing you can do for a friend or anybody you come into contact with when they are doing something good is to support them. If you cannot support them, just shut up and let them do their thing and then move on because they are doing something for the world and the world needs them. The world needs them to be in a good frame of mind, to keep producing good things. You get it. And I am, I am so happy to have you on this podcast because everything you're sharing is positive. And especially when it has to do with the youth, because it is the youth that needs to be trained, motivated, supported to, to become good adults. Because after our generation, they are coming. What are they coming up with? Are they coming up with all the social media nonsense? Or are they coming up with good things? So I'm happy for you to be here. We've spoken about your blog. Let's go on straight to your reading campaign. And then we talk about your literature advocacy. Then we come down to some of the things you've done, the places you've gone, and then the places you've spoken, like the, your guests, as you've been a guest speaker in some events and all of that. But let's talk now about your reading campaign and the child advocacy. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so I basically run a campaign called Read With Us, wherein I encourage the youth to read. And not only that, I actually share both recommendations with them. So because often what happens is that you just tell them to read, but then they don't know what to read. So I, yeah, so I also give them books that I have personally liked to share with it with them. Because today's youth, as you said before, is more inclined towards social media, video games, Netflix, and like all of that things, instead of, you know, books, literature, fantasy, and all that. That really baits my heart because reading has literally changed my whole life. And where I am today, I would not be here if it wasn't for my reading habits as a kid. And, you know, for the kids today's age or kids younger to be not doing that and actually wasting their time away there is so heartbreaking, I should say. So I want to encourage the youth to read and to have developed themselves so that in the future they can be confident and successful people. Great, great. And then your literature advocacy project, what is it about? So before the pandemic hit, I actually went from like to book clubs, to uh, like preschools or like places where the youth were actually there. And then I spoke about my births, my reading, and I actually encouraged them to read. But then before I could actually start with that, the pandemic hit so all of those activities were forced to shut down but still I tried working on some online events and online speaker panels where I could encourage the youth to read. So I basically try to find events and places where I can actually encourage the youth to read and to spread that message 
of how important reading is to them. So that's what I try to do. Great. How has the response been with your campaign, trying to tell the youth to read? Are they listening? Are they reading? How has it? Because I read that you've impacted over 20,000 youth, is it, if I'm right? Yeah, yeah, to read. So it means the response is good. Is it in your, in your, in your own view, what do you think? Has the campaign been good? Well, currently, it's like, it's a then been a mixed response. Like some people have actually impacted, but then they started reading, but they left it soon. So, but some people have actually found their interest in the books that they read and they found genres that they like. So they have started on reading more. And I believe reading is actually a choice and you can't actually impose a choice on somebody. All you can do is actually encourage them and tell them that how good it is for them. So I've actually received response from some people or some kids who are actually begun reading. But then again, I, I can't say for sure how many have actually taken up the habit of reading. Great. And I think that the habit of reading can also be learned. Um, if your parents read, you read, because that is what you see them do. And I think that children learn these traits when they are younger, because my children, I make them read a lot. You get it. So the slightest chance, I'll say, take a book. Sometimes it's mommy, I'm bored. I'll say, take a book. You get it. And once they may not like it. When I started, my son doesn't like it that much, but he does it because I ask him to do it. And with time, he will develop the interest in reading. So on their own, like my little girl on her own, she'll pick a book. The slightest chance she'll pick a book. Even when she was a baby, she never wanted toys. When she's crying and you give her a toy, she doesn't take it. But when you give her a book, she takes it. So when we go to mass and she starts fidgeting and she's crying, then the old ladies will pick up a book, the hymn book, and then they give it to her and she's quiet. So any book, so far she's seen words, She's just four, but she can write a whole page. It may not be, most of her sentences may not string up properly, but she's written a whole page full of sentences and words that are, I'll say maybe 98% correct, most of her words. So I think it's, it's a culture, should I say, reading is a culture that you'd have to actually learn it. You know, when, the, when you are in that environment and people are doing it, you tend to do it. So I think that sometimes it may also start from, the parents, we parents as well, we have to develop it ourselves. If we cannot develop it ourselves, we have to let the children fall in love with reading. Maybe when we start from there, then naturally they will fall in love with it. But when at the slightest thing, we just throw our phones to them just so that they keep quiet, then we are not helping them because then they are getting too used to the phone, too used to the internet, too used to social media. And then next time when you're introducing books to them because they've had a taste of the phone, and the tablets, they don't want to, you know, have the books. I think I am so excited for everything we are discussing today. Let's talk about, you've spoken at 30 events, over 30 events, have you? Yeah. How did that make you feel? Were they kids' events? Were they events for the youth? Or were they events for Gona? What events were they? And how did it make you feel talking to that group, like a group? Yeah. yeah. So they, they were basically events for both tweens and teens mixed. So I went to, as I repeated, like both clubs or like, you know, those small organization or like evening classes where kids have. So I went to those kind of places and I spoke for 15 to 30 minutes about my books and reading. 
and it was actually a really gratifying experience because interacting with kids first and it's actually really fun because they're so innocent and cute and just having a conversation with them is like really fun and then also seeing them you know read and actually take interest into literature and into books was like a very eye opening experience i should say and it, it was really gratifying as well Great. Okay. So what is your mission on this journey? Well, my own, my only mission which may sound a bit far fetched is to you I imagine a world wherein every kid reads. I mean, it's not like they spend their whole day reading, but they at least devote at least 15 to 30 minutes of their day reading. So I just want reading to be, you know, something that everybody does and it isn't you know new if or it isn't unusual if kids read because in today's world it's actually rare to find youth who read and who are genuinely interested in books so i want the youth to see the beauty that lies in books and to you know accept that and to start reading okay if somebody is to watch us now i want us to slot this in because we don't know who will be watching So if somebody is to ask you what help would you want with regards to all these campaigns you are doing what would you want somebody to do to help you Well all I the only help I'd ask them for is to read for themselves or if like you know pass on books like if you have a book and like you know just try to encourage states in their own community or encourage people in their own community to read because i can't personally reach out to everybody in in this world but if it's like a chain i encourage five people those those five people encourage five more people so slowly and gradually it becomes as repeated a culture great. so yeah great great where can our listeners connect with you risha Yeah so I'm available on Instagram under the handles of shishatwarasi_underscore and on my blog called straight from my pen and I'm on LinkedIn I'm on Twitter and I actually have my own website also which is www.shishatwarasi07.com so I'm almost on all social media platforms so you can reach me out there Great, great. Risha, I would like to say a massive thank you for coming on podcast with Sheila today. I I like to thank you for having me and to give me this opportunity to share my story. And the conversation was actually really fun, and I enjoyed myself a lot. So thank you so much. It was a pleasure having you. So if you've been listening in, this is season two, episode nineteen of our podcast series, where we've been bringing your way seasoned guests with inspiring real life stories to share with us. Do not miss out on all these lovely experiences. Subscribe and be notified when a new episode is released. We have a video presentation of this episode on our YouTube channel. Just search for Podcast with Sheila on YouTube and you'll find us. Until we meet again, have a lovely day.